Hello, and welcome to the Nurse to Nurse podcast with Starshima and Kevin, the podcast for the nursepreneurs. Get ready for some straight talk on everything nursing and more. Kevin, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of thrilled to be talking about this topic and about the advancements in nursing education. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome, everyone. I'm Kevin, and uh, this is Starshima, as you know. Welcome to our Nurse to Nurse podcast. I'm a registered nurse, I'm an ER nurse, and we're gonna talk about advancement in nursing education, preparing for the future. Mm-hmm. We're gonna dive right in and Starshima's gonna start us off today because she's already got the damn topic set up and ready to go. All right, well, I just wanna say, hey y'all, hey, welcome to season three of the podcast. You know, We've taken some time off and we're excited, excited to be back and to deep dive into some hot trending topics that are going to be game changing, whether you're a student nurse or a seasoned nurse, that this season is going to be something that's going to help you level up your game and providing quality patient care. So Kevin, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of thrilled to be talking about this topic and about the advancements yes. in nursing education. And one big thing, I'm going to jump into the first topic. And our first key point is all about the evolution of online learning in nursing education. I don't know. Well, if you was a nurse before <laughs> me, then I know that you know that online education, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now, right? Would you agree? Okay, so don't get crazy. But listen, what? The, <laughs> the fucking internet wasn't invented in like, until 1993 or 96, some shit like that. Right. I mean, <laughs> when I took my nursing boards, it was paper and pencil. Oh, yeah. You know, you're a little bit more seasoned than I, a lot more seasoned than I am. Two days and uh, you had these old <laughs> bitches looking hovering over you. She couldn't even be scared to go to the bathroom. So. Wow. That's crazy. If well, I, I took had... it electronically and it was still kind of scary. You know, I felt like I was checking in a jail or something the way they patted <laughs> me down. But, you know. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but today we're going to talk about the first key point um, that we want to talk about is the evolution of like online learning in nursing education. And I think, you know, some people may straddle the fence with this. I think we feel we can feel have strong feelings on both sides. But I think what has really happened that there is a huge evolution of these online platforms and they become really, really sophisticated. You know, they're offering these more like interactive and virtual type classrooms, giving students and people and nurses real time discussions, as well as many different multimedia resources, you know. So I think that it has become great. I've seen this simulations and classroom setting to teach future nurses. And then also I've seen it in skills training where we're teaching seasons nurses how to do a thing. So I think it's really, really cool, you know. So these students, they can now can have access to lectures and they can participate in discussions and they can facilitate their learning anywhere. And I know what you're going to say, Starshima is not the same as the hands-on touchy-feely because I know you like to touch your patients. And I agree, but I think that it gives you a different type of experience because when I was in nursing school, my clinical aspect or my engagement of learning was what was available to me at my facilities. You know what I'm saying? I'm not opposed to online learning. I think didactic portion is nice, you know, but not everybody likes the computers. Not everybody likes the online learning. Not everybody wants to sit and read. Some people need that. Like me, I thrive on online. Yeah. Problem I have is you can take the online portion, but when you get to the hands-on portion, you got to be able to see your patient and stuff. Now, we are getting more advancements. Like uh, one thing that we are going to talk about that you're going to go into is virtual, uh, augmented virtual reality type of educations or a resource for online education. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped. I think it's nice. It's a good training tool, but it can never take place of one-on-one patient care. Everybody's different. Yeah, 
I agree. I don't think that it, I, I agree. I don't think that it will ever replace, but I think it is enhancing learning. Like students are getting a different experience in the classroom or in these nursing programs and even in healthcare settings that we didn't get. Cause you know, when we went to skills lab, they didn't bring a patient in a room. They have these mannequins that didn't do anything. You know, right. we're like, oh, let's pretend. Well, now they have these different online platforms, these interactive platforms, you know, where these people talk back to you, although they're mannequins. So I think it's enhancing that and helping them be more prepared for the real world because it was true to true to life that I felt like I really didn't become a nurse until I really got out there and start playing, you know, so they get a little bit more experience than what we have. So share with me, like, what is one topic that you think is really important about the evolution of online learning? Well, I mean, like you said, there's I don't remember the name of it, uh, American Hearts going to the RQI system, but it's called the Rhapsody or something like that. Mm. But it, what it does is it, it asks you questions. Like at the beginning, you slide it to the left and right, in, uh, novice, intermediate, or advanced. Mm-hmm. And you select whatever you want. If you select advanced and you ask, it asks you questions. And if you can't answer it, it's going to fucking make you go back to the beginning. But it keeps right. people who know the information from sitting there rehashing the crap that they already know. It focuses on your weakness instead of your skills. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we should advance on. But the problem I have, like, even with, like you said, with hands-on mannequins in the class, I just had a group of students who I asked, and they went through the COVID years in school, and they said they inserted Foley's on a mannequin, but they've never, ever inserted on a real patient. Right. But what's going to happen the first time they go practice? You know, well, it's just going to be like first time. Yeah. The only thing they know is their technique, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but a lot of patients nowadays, I hate to say this, aren't very kind to us. And I was going to say something else, but I won't. Um, I, they're not very kind to us. A lot of them probably wouldn't even want you to practice. But how are we going to get better if they don't let us do it? That's the problem. True. Yeah. But I, I think if we got advanced, uh, this augmented reality that you got down here, I think if they got it more advanced, I, I'm sure there's some movies out there that are that you've seen where the virtual reality is like holy shit this is crazy because uh claude brought me in this virtual reality thing that you can play games and shit with mm-hmm. it is crazy insane right. like you really think you're there if we could have that in the classroom i think it might be better than some of the stuff we're using that would be great like you said you can learn to talk to different pages different cultures things like that so yeah, yeah. i'm all for that yeah. absolutely i mean and you think about the world of healthcare. think about like robotic surgeries you know, I think yeah. about robotic surgeries. I don't know if you've ever been in a case with robotics, but you know, one of the areas the, of specialty the, the that da Vinci. I get, Yeah, like the Da Vinci. Hmm. And it's almost like, you know, they get this three-dimensional approach, yes. which is super, super sophisticated in thinking that before we would open patients up and we had to touch and feel, right? To feel what's the organs. And a lot of doctors lean to that. But now that they literally can go to this console and have like a game piece that they are manipulating, suturing, resecting things out of people's body is like a virtual reality in itself is just that the patient is laying on your table. (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? Like, so when you think about this enhancement and what this has done for surgery to patients and their outcomes, can you imagine what we, if we had some type of VR in our online classrooms, which I think is coming and this augmented reality that is going to be absolutely game changing for these nurses that are coming out of school, being helping them be set up, you know, in my biggest world. Cons- my biggest concern is the money, because a lot of schools probably don't have the money to buy all these fancy machines and virtual reality. And if they do, they're going to pass the cost on to the students and the students are going to be more in debt. Like 
people yeah. have so much debt in school, and I think that's where we failed ourselves as a country. I know a lot of people that are going to be busting my chops or stuff because I've already gotten crap from from people that we know. When y'all send the letters, make sure y'all send them to Kevin Stansberry. I'm okay with that, but I think that we should, instead of sending, you know, $100 billion to Ukraine, maybe we could have used that shit to fund schools and people's education and made our country better and stuff. Well, that, that, that is a possibility. What, what, I agree. What the, hell, what the hell do I know? Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you think about the uh, augmented reality? Is there anything other besides augmented reality and online education that you, you know, how about embracing your lifelong learning and professional development? What do you think I think that, that is, and you know, I, I look at it, you know, as an advancement, not necessarily as an advancement. These are things that have always been in the place, you know, because Florence, you know, my good friend Florence, she cool as heck, do, right? Do you, re- do you really know her story, though? I know a little bit about her story as I I'm, teach the fundamentals gonna, of nursing. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to try to find you this. There was a lady I went to a, a trauma conference up in San Francisco mm-hmm. and uh, there was a lady. I can't remember her name, but man, she was off the fucking hook. And she talks about all the, our nursing, our nursing um, role models that we've had, like nurse fucking crack shit and all these okay. nurses that kill people and shit. But she right. did bring up uh, Florence and she talked a lot about her history and where she came from. So mm-hmm. I, I'll find it and I'll post it and I'll give it to you because it's awesome as shit. Yeah, well, she did She did a lot of amazing things for the nursing profession, you know. More, more than uh, people probably know, though. I mean, it's a lot of, you know, I tell my students because we teach about the history of nursing in the beginning, you know, not, not so fun stuff to kind of think about where did this profession kind of start off, you know, from being a religious order and caring for our people who are sick to Florence coming in and saying, hey, let's turn around lives, let's improve ventilation, let's do these things, but improve did, sanitation. Right. But did you know what she did? Like when she first came on, first of all, she was super fucking rich. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know that. I didn't know she was rich. Yeah. Super no. fucking rich, super fucking privileged. But she left all that behind and said, fuck you, bitches. She went and joined the, I think it's the Crimean War. Crimean War, yeah. yeah. She joined the Crimean War. She went to become a nurse and they told her, no, you can't be in a fucking war. Get the hell on your woman. Mm-hmm. So she went back to her family, who was super fucking rich, and said, listen, dad, can you go talk to the general and tell me you're not going to fund the war and he can fuck off and die unless he lets me in? Mm-hmm. That's what happened. That's how she got in. Once she got there, she opened up the tents because they were just had them in these dark tents, thrown in the corner, you know, wiping with soaked blood and shit. And she's the one, like you said, that cleaned all of it up and turned it around and started saving mm-hmm. lives. So yeah, it was crazy just by hand sanitation and hygiene. Yeah, stuff. absolutely. She imagine improved the death rate, the, like just imagine, by go ahead. Oh, almost, yeah, almost overnight. Like, imagine yeah. that shit washing your hands, mm. infection control, nurses. <laughs> no, we are the bugs of the hospital. No, so, I'm just no, kidding. She did. She, she single handedly yeah. turned that shit around. Like, yeah. I, I like this. And that's how she became the mother of nursing, you know, and one of her things was that she was committed to was that us continuously being lifelong learners. And I always leverage COVID when I'm talking to my students in the classroom. You know, I leverage COVID about how important learning is because it seemed like every day that somebody was going on to to shift that we were using different practices, right? Things were changing. And if we don't stay abreast of those things, then we're not protecting ourselves. We're not protecting the patients. And then we're just kind of falling into mediocrity when we don't want to be there. You know, it's so many advancements in technologies and best practices that there's always a better way to do a thing. But us 
focusing on our personal development, honing in in our areas of specialties, you know, attending workshops and conferences and certifications, you know, to expand our knowledge and our network to be able to embrace this. You know, that really started at the beginning and it really fosters a culture of excellence. So when we want to change the outcomes of our patients, we got to really, really foster this culture of excellence. And part of that is continuing our um, education. Why do you think it is that people don't want to go to these workshops or get their certifications? Why do you think they just want to pay $30 for some online 30 CE? Well, I'm going to take a shot at this. And if you all don't (laughs) agree with me, that's cool. But what I think that it is, is that we create, although we talk about, you know, I got to renew my license and I got to have a certain CEs, you know, we kind of look at it as a space of a task thing, right? One box to check off to do the thing. And somehow I feel that once we get the license, we feel like we've achieved, right? Now I need to get on the floor and learn what I can learn. But what we don't understand is that every day, Things are changing. And for us to be the best at what we need to do, we need to focus on that development. And it's not just going to get the license, getting the ADN, getting the BSN and getting the master's. And that's it. We have so much more to learn that's beyond what the classroom teaches us. Because I know a lot of nurses who have their doctorate degree and man, they dumb as a box of rocks. Yeah. So I don't the education doesn't necessarily make the nurse. It's just it does the nurse know how to use the education to enhance their their career and their pathway. But I don't think a lot of nurses, because I was thinking about this on the way here, I don't think a lot of nurses see their job as a career. They just see it as a job, but it is Mm. a career. It's a profession. And I tell people, do you want to be, if you want to be treated like a professional, you got to fucking behave like a professional. Absolutely. Can't just just sit on your ass and hope that somebody's going to teach you. You have to go seek that knowledge and find something that you like to do. I agree. Because I think about it and just to add some context to that, like I always say, and y'all may have heard me, my students, I talk to my students about it. If I wasn't a nurse, I probably would be an attorney, like a lawyer. Yes, I'm fascinated by it, right? And so with that, I think about if I became an attorney and coming in just as a new attorney, I still don't know a fraction of the things that I need to learn right. to be able to serve my people at its capacity. Right. So I need to go and to get in front of these things and be exposed to these things and build connections to make me be the very best in the industry. And, you know, for me, my thing is I want to be an icon at everything I do. I want to stand out. You know what I mean? Like for you, like we're making a mark in our world. We're educating nurses. We're mobilizing their voices. We're trying to change the future of healthcare. That's why I'm in a master's program in my MHA, because I want to challenge these systems that have been placed in place just to be a system in place. Let's disrupt some things, you know, and after we disrupt it, how do we sustain it? You know what I mean? So I think that's where we got to get, like, we got to stop thinking that I'm joining this profession. I'm going to make buku money because you don't, you know, but you have the potential if you're going to work yourself really hard, but you can really make good money when you begin to really be the best at it, be the icon in the industry. It becomes your earning power becomes endless. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And so one final point here, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about the emotional intelligence in nursing. Education. So what do you think about that? Emotional intelligence. So, you know, here I go with this personal development <laughs> junkie type thing. You know, I think that we miss this part. And I think because nurses are tasked, and I think we mentioned this yesterday when we were talking, that nurses are so tasked, we look at the task thing of it, but we really lack our emotional intelligence. So beyond our skill, right? I can put an IV in. You can probably put an IV in with your eyes closed, right? Nurses need to possess, we need to have a real high level of emotion, emotional intelligence. Things like empathy. And empathy to, is putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Sometimes as being an ER nurse, has been many a days I've been jaded. Have you ever been jaded? I, like- 
you couldn't very, see, huh? Go no, ahead. No, I'm, I'm very good at not being jaded. Oh, good. And I'm very big at promoting what you just said. I hate nurses. No, I shouldn't say hate. I really don't like that you get jaded. And I don't mean mm-hmm. you personally, but right. if you're if you're fucking jaded, then I don't like it that you're getting jaded. <laughs> no, but I talk about this. I talk about this in class. Like I, when I teach pals, I'm like, uh, I put the baby on the table. Say my fucking baby, Starshim. Mm-hmm. And then I'll so save your baby. I give a, <laughs> I, I, and you ask me questions and I answer mm-hmm. you and you're like, oh, my God, why are they even here? then? And then I go, I give another scenario, scenario and I make an extreme like, oh, my God, how come you didn't fucking come in sooner? Right. And so I do that to prove a point. Like, when should they fucking come in? When is the right time for a patient to come in? When they you come bitch, in sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but you bitch that they come in too soon. You bitch that they come in too late. When the fuck right. are they supposed to come in? Right. Like, why do you why do you give a shit when they come in? Right. You're there 12 hours to serve the public. That's your damn job. Right. And I know sometimes it's hard. I know that we get a lot of, and I know you're not supposed to say this, but you get a lot of fucking frequent flyers mm-hmm. and people get mad about that. But I don't, I love frequent flyers. Why? Give me all the damn frequent flyers. Right. Why? <laughs> build, build connection with them probably. <laughs> yeah, I do. I build connections, but they're easy patients. I already know them and shit. I know their history. I know why they're here. They want a turkey sandwich, some cheese. I'm getting paid good money to do this shit. Right. And I'm not outside sweating my ass off. I'm not getting shot at. Like, how do you bitch about this? Right. You know, I think that empathy, I think that, you know, we just have to, we as a people, and I think this goes back to us becoming who we need to become when we become a nurse. We are RN, you're LVN. It's not just about the initials behind the name. It's all about about the man and the woman that you become when you start caring for people. So it requires you to meet the basic needs of humans. We talk about Maslow's in schools. For people to be self-actualized, there are certain things that need to be met because Maslow studies the behavioral of people, right? So empathize, be able to be empathetic with individuals, to be compassionate, right? And then communication. We talked about last season about the number one complaints that patients have is a lack thereof communication about the care that we're delivering to them. We don't talk to the patients, we talk at them, but we don't. But this is where I get, I'll probably get in trouble with it too, but I don't really care. (laughs) You know, I'm not a very religious person. I know you are. People go, people go to church once a week. They, you know, they, I love Jesus. I love, you know, all this, but then they don't really walk the walk. They just talk and talk. Yeah. Jesus never went to fucking church. (laughs) That son bitch was always out in the streets, healing the sick, taking care of the sick, mentoring the sick. He never went to the damn church. You know, he, he had a service. He'd be out in the mountains somewhere in the fields you know, mm-hmm. doing his damn service, but he didn't go to a church once a week. He did it all the time. So that's, even though I'm not religious, I try to follow what he did. I, I try to take care of people and try to understand where they're coming from. Right. Because I could be there someday. I could be that person. My kids could be that person. Right. Love them, so. And then things can come back, right? How you treat other people, do yeah. unto others as you yeah. want others to do unto you. That's a basic command and principle, you know, and as being a faith believer, it is hard, but we have to definitely practice what we preach and be more aligned, especially yeah, in this but- profession. It's like a, a duty, like this is our duty. This is our command. And if you can't handle the duty of the command, then I would ask, well, like, are you in the right space? Don't look down upon people like that. No. People say, you know, well, Jesus wouldn't like it. And I'm trying to get relationship because I don't want to go that road. But I just don't think that he would be happy with the way things are going right now, the way we look down upon people. I, I, I don't, don't give think so. No. I don't give a shit where you're from, what color mm-hmm. you are, what sex you love. I don't give a shit. Right. I just care that you're going to treat me nice like a person. Right. And that's the thing, you know, I think about those times. And there's been times when I've been closer to God and further away from God. 
But I always thought about when I was nursing, whether a patient cussed me out, maybe called me on my name, I had to really stop. The emotional intelligence is so important because we take these things personal when it's not even personal to us because we don't even understand what motivates human behavior. We don't even understand the stress and anxiety that's at the bedside of the patient. So when they call you out your name, you take it personal. Well, it really isn't about you. It's really about the thing they're struggling with. You know, (laughs) I feel a new uh, study guide or a little uh, booklet to for, to put out there, emotional intelligence and nursing. Oh, let's build that tonight. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to do this shit. You watch and see. I'll be there. I no, get it. it is definitely yeah. true. You know, so, and I think when we do this and we really harness in on emotional intelligence and really start tapping into that. And here's a big thing though, Kevin, when we start tapping into emotional intelligence, it's really hard for some people because they have to explore themselves. Somebody yeah. say triggers. Yeah, yeah right? I do. Yeah. It so, makes me it made me explore my own thoughts and how mm-hmm. I believe and, you know, the biases that I had and were taught as a kid and shit. Sure right. Because people are so like in this world of being so woke, right? This world of everybody want to speak their truth. We are compromising therapeutic nursing relationships and patient relationships and relationships with our colleagues because We want to tell our truth, but we lack the emotional intelligence to be able to say, do I win this battle or do I keep the relationship? And majority of the times we should be picking to keep the relationship and losing the battle, what it appears to be right now. But in the end, you're going to win anyhow. But our our lack thereof, a good emotional intelligence makes us feel like we're losing. And when we feel like we're losing, we feel threatened and we feel like we need to clap back or whatever that looks like. So I want to just talk about two things and then we'll wrap this up because it's almost time. Um, But we and I talked about this yesterday, uh, orientation versus confidence. So I'm going to read you the definition first of uh, orientation. So everybody fucking knows what that means. Mm -hmm. Orientation, the determination of the relative position of something or someone, the relative physical position or direction of something. So what does that say to you? Orientation meaning just orient. Like for me, I don't know what what exactly you're looking for me to say, but for me, orientation so I, is really. If just, I said, if I said, Starshima, you need to orientate yourself to the unit. What am I asking you to do? Basically, become familiar. <laughs> right. So I mean, me, in, in my term, is not. It's just familiarity so, with so what goes me, on here. So let me read the fucking definition of competency. Okay. And I was more specific. I asked for definition of competency training. Competency based training refers to a learning model where students must demonstrate the required level of knowledge and skill on the task prior to advancing to the next task. Mm-hmm. That is, competency is not the fucking same as orientation. It is not. So when you guys are out there and your hospitals are providing you orientation, that mm-hmm. is not the fucking same thing as training. Demand that you get your competency training because that's what the state and board says you're required to do. Mm-hmm. And that ties back into professional development. Yes. All right. Yep. All right. So I want to read one last quote before we go because this uh, Starshima and I got excited about this shit yesterday. We did. <laughs> it was. I li- no, but it was really nice. I liked it. All right. So here it is. This is from the uh, global spiritual leader and peace activist. Mm-hmm. He just. Um, Thick, not Han. Now, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. T-H-I-C-H, middle name N-H-A-T, last name H-A-N-H. So if I misspelled it, I'm sorry, if I misspoke it, please forgive me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can correct this. But he says, you cannot transmit wisdom and insight to another person. 
The seed is already there. A good teacher touches the seed appropriately, professionally, not, you know, sexually, um, <laughs> allowing it to wake up, to sprout, and to grow. That's awesome. Let me read it one more time and I'll shut the fuck up. You cannot transmit wisdom and insight to another person. The seed is already there. A good teacher touches the seed, allowing it to wake up, to sprout, and to grow. I like that. That's awesome. I like that. That is awesome. That is really, really good. So you think like advancements, you know, like do we need to, I don't know if this falls in that emotional intelligent aspect of it, but do you think as us as nurse leaders that these are things that we can do for each other as well as the patients and who we serve? So I'll go, I'll go to one step further as a charge nurse. Oh, mm. hmm, somebody who's about to take over a new role at the, I don't know what it is, manager, clinical manager, director. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck the title is. <laughs> Be honest though. How much yeah. training have they provided as a manager? That's what you should ask yourself. Because most managers, charge nurses never get any training at all. Right. They get the books and say, here's your budget, figure that shit out. Absolutely. So how is that possible that a charge nurse, a manager, director, can function and lead if they've never had any training. Thing, how do you set me up for success? Yeah. So, how is your new job going to do that for you? Sure, they are. Don't lie. Tell the fucking truth. <laughs> they are. I'm sure are they, they are. They yeah, I'm sure they are. Don't lie. See, so you don't want to go. In, no, I ain't saying nothing. Fuck that. I know they want. I know they might provide you some orientation, but they're not going to provide you the training as a leader that they should. I bet they don't because they don't want to spend the money and shit. Starshima is already a leader. I know. And so that, but, they they have a win. But, but you took it upon yourself to what? For a lot of personal development, a lot, right. a lot of advancements, right. a lot of building. Right. It's a lifelong journey. And I don't say that I have it all figured out now. I have the, the very core of things, I believe, pretty strongly that I'm sure I'll be challenged in some way. But absolutely. Leadership well, is that a, thing. I'm working on a charge nurse class. So are you working on a charge nurse class? <laughs> OK, well, invite me. Invite me over. That would be cool. (laughs) So, yeah. So, so that's the wrap up for our episode, season three, episode one. We appreciate you guys. You know, we had a good time here. Thanks, Tarshima. Nice seeing you again. Thank you so much. And I just want to say, I want I want to leave our listeners with this thought. As education advances, we must remember nurses that at the heart of nursing and human connection, Okay. At the heart of nursing is the human connection. That's where it's at the heart of what we do. No matter how advanced technology becomes, no matter we get these AI in the classrooms, the AR in the classrooms, the essence of nursing really lies in our compassion and our care that we provide to our patients. Don't miss that, nurses. I tell my students all the time, let's bring this back to nursing. Let's embrace these advancements while cherishing the fundamental values that make nursing truly, truly special. Thank y'all for listening in. We'll catch y'all on episode number two. See you guys later, bitches. Thank you. Are you in the healthcare field or would you like to learn how to save a life? Let Central Valley Medical teach you today. We offer CPR and first aid, IV therapy, ACLS, PALS, NRP, and more. Visit us at www.morethancpr.com or call us today at 559-765-0306. We do more than just CPR. Learn to respond to a code, not react. 